Okay. <laughs> so last last week we finished up uh, the kind of historical look back over over several major doctrines, um, and today we're going to be stepping back into uh, systematic theology. Today we're going to be looking at the church. Um, so what is the church? Is the church a building? Is it a structure? Um, I want us to think about these questions. Is it a physical thing? Is it a spiritual thing? Um, what does the what does God's word tell us about the church? And we're going to be looking at this. And there's going to be three things that I think that we're going to really uh, see, or that I hope we see as we dig through this. I'm not going to promise you that we get through all of this today, uh, though I will try. Um, but what we're going to see in regards to the church, a couple of marks of the church. One is going to be worship of God, like worship of our Creator. Another is going to be uh, transformation or change, like genuine change in the lives of those who uh, are a part of the church. Um, that comes on through God's Word, through the Holy Spirit, through our interactions and encouragement of one another. And then we're going to see uh, another mark of the church being evangelism or taking what we know to be true, what we've seen as we've looked on the face of God and sharing that with the world around us. Uh, that is through preaching the gospel, preaching the word of God, and taking it out into the places uh, that God sends us. So we're going to start this um, in Romans chapter 12. If you'll turn with me to Romans chapter 12, <clears throat> we're going to start this in verse 10. So we're going to be looking at, I'll go ahead and give you the verses that we're going to be looking at. We're going to, we're going to look at how uh, Scripture speaks about the church or those people in the church as being uh, speaking in familial terms, speaking like brother, sister, mother, daughter, uh, father, those types of words being used. Um, we're going to see in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27, and, and in verse 32 there as well, uh, that we are called the bride, the bride of Christ. We're going to look in John chapter 15, uh, verses 5 through 11, and we're going to see an analogy that's given to those who are believers uh, as being branches, Christ being the true vine and us being joined in. To Christ, we're going to see in First Peter chapter two, verses four through five, that we're called living stones, uh, as well as a holy priesthood. And then in First Corinthians, we're going to see First Corinthians chapter twelve, verses twelve through twenty-seven. We're going to see that we are called the body of Christ. And then uh, we'll we'll kind of. Uh, wrap this discussion up back in Romans chapter 12, uh, looking at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. So we're going to be spending a good deal of time uh, on several different uh, places in the text, uh, beginning primarily here in Romans chapter 12, verse 10. So if you're there, uh, read with me 10 through, uh, 10 through 13 here. Romans chapter 12, verses, verse 10. Uh, Love one another with brotherly affection, outdoing one another in showing honor. 
Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. There are a number of places within Scripture uh, where we see um, Scripture speaking of us, those who are true believers, uh, as being brothers and sisters in Christ, as treating one another uh, with the respect and honor that we would treat our families. And here we find um, one of those uh, in verse 10, love one another with brotherly affections. When we think about what it means to be the church, um, do you consider do you consider one another family? Do you? Do we consider each other family here at Mount Carmel? Sometimes more than our own. Sometimes. Sometimes there are there are often times in life that uh, we will find those that are closest to us are those who share the strongest belief that we could have that Christ is raised from the dead. Now there are times. Do you always get along with your family? Um, I would ask you this, okay? And this this may not be universal, but I feel like it's it's probably as close to a universal reality as you could get. But those that you are closest to tend to be those that you can have the hardest conversations with one day, one minute, and then the next, it'd be like nothing's changed between you. There's something about being family that binds us closely. So I don't think that it's any surprise that when we look at Scripture and we look at the church, that Scripture is full of language that speaks of the church, about the church, in regards to the church, in a familial type of way. We, this is... This is a reality that I think will hit us as the as the ages pass on. You will feel more like brothers and sisters, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million years from today, as we walk together, as we fellowship together, as we share life together I've been reflecting a lot over the last several months in regards to how the church seems to have changed in ways through the pandemic. I've been reflecting myself on that, what seemed like years, but it was only a few. 
And how during that time that we all felt this need to isolate, that being isolated from... Now, here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. During that time, I saw my mom. I saw my dad. I saw my brother. Right? I saw my wife and, and my children. But many of your faces, it was weeks, months, that it felt like I did not see you. And what happens in that space? What happens when family becomes less than family? You lose something there. There becomes a distance. Is it any surprise that Scripture calls us as a church to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together? Or we stop contributing to the needs of the saints. So what, we become okay with isolation. Like, oh, they're isolating themselves, or I think they're battling depression. So... We'll just stay. We'll just we'll give them some we'll give them some space. And hey, as as an introvert, I enjoy space. I'm not going to lie to you and say that I don't enjoy uh, some some quiet time. But in totality, if I am only ever isolated, it will only result in negative for me. It'll also result in negative for you. And I'm not talking about negative from you because you're the one isolating. But I'm, I'm speaking in regards that if Blake isolates himself from his family, his family will be hurt from that isolation. As to will Blake be hurt from that isolation. And I, as I've reflected and as I've thought about um, us as a body of believers, I've asked myself... How was I affected in that regard? Did I still consider you as family during that time? Did you still consider me as family during that time? Now, I'm not trying to tell you a particular thing that you should be thinking or feeling, but I do want, as we consider what it means to be the church, as we consider how Scripture speaks to us in these terms as brothers and sisters, as I'm supposed to look to older women in the churches like I would look to a mother. Younger women in the churches, I would look to a sister. Younger men as brothers. Older men as fathers. As I see this language, I ask myself, do I treat it like that? Now, I get it. We should say that, right? I should say that you're family. That sounds good. But do you know what I will do for my family? I would die for my family. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, okay? But you, many of you know that you would die for your family. When you think about your brothers and sisters in Christ, does it have that type of connection for you would you die for me I'm not asking you to answer that I'm asking you to think about that and consider that because as we see scripture speaking about the church in familial terms we should consider whether or not we look 
at one another in that lot? Are you my brothers and sisters? Is there anything that I wouldn't do for you? Right? So as when we think about what it means to be the church, what is the church? First, I think we ought to consider that we are brothers and sisters. That we are the clo- we are tied together by reality that is more binding than the DNA within your cells. Okay? We are brothers and sisters. We are family in an eternal sense. He knew you before your parents worked to create you. And you were His. He had His eye set and fixed on you, on us. When we consider what it means to be the church, let us consider that we are family. And there is something that ties us together that will not be broken for eternity. That will not be broken for eternity. So, let us love one another with this brotherly affection. Let us outdo one another in showing honor. And as I read that, I, I think to myself, like, I, I, I seek as an adult, now probably mom, I failed in this many ways along the way, but I seek to honor my mother, right? I think about the actions that I take now and how it reflects on my mother. I seek, I desire, I want her to be honored by the life that I live. My father, the same way. Do we seek to honor one another? I think there are times that we are self-seeking. We are fallen, broken, in need of redemption. We ought to be seeking to honor one another. Don't be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. If your brother or sister were in need, would you neglect them? If you knew that they had a need, would you overlook it? As their brother or sister? Or would you do everything that you could? Would you go out of your way to help in that need? As a church, as a body, we ought to be considering one another. We ought to be considering the needs of those within the church and how we can contribute to those needs. Seek to show hospitality. What, is that, what does that mean? What is hospitality? Could somebody give me an example of what would be an act that was an act of hospitality? Having someone offering for someone to stay at home. Opening your home to someone. Just come stay. 
Opening your home to someone. Okay, I want to ask you this question. How long has it been? How long has it been for you as individuals since you've opened your home to someone else? Since you said, come over and stay. How, how long has it been since one of you has been to another's house? Had a meal, shared a meal. What a family do? What are we going to do after church today, Mom? Let them know. We're going to eat. <laughs> She's going to show hos- hospitality to me, my wife, and my children. I would like for us to consider this reality, though. Like, as I've considered, what is it that, like, I feel like lacked during the time that we all had to be apart from one another? And how might we, like, what are things, practical things that we might do to, like, reignite that fire? Now, I'm not one who seeks arbitrarily for emotional highs. But when I look at the church... And I've been, I've been around a, a, enough time now to look back at what was, to look at highs and lows, and to give honest assessment of where I see us now. And I ask myself, what are things that could be done? Open your houses to one another, church. Show hospitality to one another. I feel like we may be in a time where that's needed more in a more abundant way than perhaps in times past. Perhaps in a way to undo some of the separation and loneliness that perhaps came during our season of isolation. Maybe we we need or in need of a season of hyper-hospitality amongst one another, to remind ourselves who we are, to feast together as family feasts together. When I was a little girl in small churches in Walker County, um, there was one little church that stood out in my mind. Because, I mean, we, we probably change churches about every, it seemed like every three to four years. Uh, that's kind of like an average. And so we went to this little church in Lupton. A lot of you know it's called Beth, New Bethel. I believe it's the name of the church now. It used to be Lupton. Or it's Lupton, First Baptist now. Anyway. And they had a tradition that they started on Sunday nights after church during the summer. They rotated. Everybody was invited. They rotated. We went to someone's house after church. The whole church was invited. Yeah. Now, not everybody could come. Older people maybe didn't. So it wasn't necessarily a perfect plan, you know, because you can't, there, there just isn't. A well, that's, plan. that's life, though, right? That's life, right. And so, uh, but still, the older people were very, they were very hospitable because the ladies would sometimes meet in each other's homes. You know, yeah. it was just, Sometimes it was just for fellowship. It was not necessarily Bible study or anything. It was just fellowship. So, yeah, and, and they stand out. And there there was all kinds of issues in that church. Like, 
it was probably the hardest, if I think back over being a kid with my father in ministry, and yes, these kids are in ministry, y'all. They are. Everything affects them, I promise. And by the grace of God, that's all. I mean, yeah. it's a hard life. But being there and seeing the problems and all that, still, that stands out to me, even above some of the really hard hurts that our family had in that church. Yeah. And there, and even though, like you said, that hyper extending of hospitality, everybody's focused on that. There became a problem, and when the problem was that they were not, it's just like if you read the the uh, revelations to the churches, every church had an issue. Yeah. And so this church had an issue at one time, I don't think they have it anymore, that there was some people were not in the status of life with other people and they weren't really invited. Yeah. Okay. So that was an issue that had to be dealt with from the pulpit. Yeah. Sometimes, you know. And there are times, like the churches, we are not perfect, but we are progressing yeah. towards perfection. And there will be a day that, that Christ presents his bride blameless and spotless. Okay? But we are not there yet. And there are times that God word, God's word uh, prunes us individually. There's times that God's word prunes us collectively. God's word here tells us to seek to show hospitality. Like you ought to be, as a church, looking for ways... That you can display your love to your brothers and sisters in Christ. And this should not be like divided by like where you are or where you perceive yourself to be like socioeconomically. Right? This is not rich people inviting rich people. Or, or this is not also rich people inviting poor people because they're poor people. Right? This is us as a body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, looking to be family, looking to spend time with one another. You want to see a healthy church. You want to see a vibrant church. This is a church that seeks to honor one another. Not just from the pulpit. This is not simply a thing that Dustin does and then it just happens Amongst you. This is a thing that God does in you individually, and you seek to honor, you seek to show hospitality. Now here's something here's something else when you when you mention that another point that I want to make is that this showing and seeking of hospitality is not something that is isolated to the walls of Mount Carmel or to the believers that associate with this church congregation right so like as we seek to do this we seek fellowship we seek to show hospitality and this this is beyond the walls of any individual church and in doing this in seeking to show hospitality at times amongst those who come in and see us as brothers and sisters living loving honoring they come in and they are not 
And they see, maybe they come from a dysfunctional family. And they see what family looks like amongst people who are different and diverse and come from different backgrounds. And yet they see this family that God is joining and stitching together. And this happens in this way. A very natural way. You're just inviting people into your home to spend time with them, to know them, to care about them. To be your daughter. Yes. To be your friend. To be your grandmother. Yes. Seek after this this is this is what this is what we should be pulling from this particular piece here is that this ought to be a th- it's not a thing that happens to us it's a thing that we seek after right and i can speak to this um directly because i tend to be an introverted person like i do like my time that's quiet and it takes time. Anybody who's a close friend of mine will tell you that there was a time that they probably thought that I did not like them. And it's not that I did not like them. It's just, I guess I'm hard to get to know. So do you know what I have to do? I have to be intentional. And that requires energy and effort on my part. I have to seek to show hospitality. It comes easier to some than others. But all of us should be seeking to show hospitality, uh, should be seeking to outdo one another. In honor. Go for it. No, go for it. No, we were. I was not intending on finishing today, so we're good. Can I just say that hospitality is is seen as a universal grace, right? Yeah. But like it's seen in a different way within the church, right? What we a trigger for me in some sense is that I've heard those words before. Let's be let me be real. Yeah. I, I went on an experiment for eight years of <laughs> trying to figure out how to live that out. And I don't mean that like, oh I'm I'm saying there were a group of people that had the same mind as me and we wanted to live like family. And we did in so many regards. But I want you to understand, not downplaying it, but hiding the dilemma when it is a choice between your actual biological family and your church family, what will you do? When you have the choice of a sister looking at you and saying, I am choosing to live out what it means to be family and for me to call you out as a brother or sister in Christ in your sin. And it's a choice or or one of your family members in their sin and you're saying, I want to submit myself to my brother and sister in Christ and honor that relationship. What will you do when your family looks at you, your, your heavenly family looks at you and says, family is in sin or you're you are in sin do you recluse back and go to that that mindset of my four and no more (laughs) that mindset of my family entity or can it transcend that that relationship and be redemptive and restorative and 
That's yeah. where you're going to see the gospel played out the most, is in the mess. The mess. Because yeah. family, family period is messy. You can yeah. see in, I'm sorry. To, yeah, you no. Can, you can see the hospitality that we all love in a work relationship. Yeah. We love that. It's called people thinking the same way, feeling the same way about each other, and building each other up. That's, that's a, I think, a, a creative grace that he gives to all of us. Um, we get to experience. We get to experience it in many different aspects in life, like or many different areas in life. I think one of those that's most that's most lasting, or that will prove itself to be most lasting, is amongst those who claim Christ has risen. Yes. Right. Because there is. Like with any relationship like that, those tend to form in time, and they can those ties that bind loosen likewise in time. Distance yourself from your friends in high school for enough time, and it can be weird to run into them again, right? These people who were the closest to you. The hack that the church has is that we have eternity, that God's going to be working these relationships out, right? Like there will be an eternity. We were not brothers and sisters for this lifetime alone. But we will, we will know what it's like to, to move with the power of the Holy Spirit here Though now we still see dimly that truth of reality in eternity, and we will reflect back while we're in eternity. Perfectly hospitable in all that we do. Yeah, maybe the, the very beginning of that verse says, Let love begin. Yeah. Period. There's no comma. Yeah. And it just keeps, then it goes on, and there's lots of periods, but still, yeah. I feel like it's like a list. Yeah. Than the world because it's genuine love. It's genuine and, and it it ought to Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, like, that description is a description of family. Like that, that wonderful working through the mess. Knowing that family sticks by your side through the whole thing. 
that you showed that you show a particular type of grace to family. Like they get they get more chances than most, right? You look past things more when it's family. The church, the church is family. You all are brothers and sisters, mothers, fathers. When we think about that, let's think about ways that we can honor one another. Let's think about ways that we can build each other up. We're going to continue. Um, we'll probably wrap up the family. Well, n- no, we won't. We're just going to be looking at family from a different angle next week. Um, but I want you to be thinking about this. I want you to be thinking about this as, as, as you consider, like, we're kind of drawing close to the end of, of this year, and you think about next year, and when you think about you here at Mount Carmel and what God has you here for in this body of believers and how you can be used using your gifts, um, what ways can you honor one another? What ways can you build one another up? What ways can you show hospitality? Uh, I don't. Th- I think we should all, like family does, show grace to those who try. Okay, even if we see and can point out imperfections. Okay, um, because we pray that they're doing the same for us. That as we try, try as we may, know that I'm imperfect. Know that I have my hang-ups. Give me grace when I try. Let's give one another grace. Yeah.